You are welcome to another exciting episode of CADA Matters. CADA Matters is an awareness-raising program of CADA. CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse, a UK-based charity working to prevent and end domestic abuse, especially in Christian homes. Listen to this episode with Gracilis so as to build healthy relationships and keep your home and relationships abuse-free. So, viewers, like I said before, we have a guest here. I'm not the one on the hot seat, so I'm quite, quite happy. I like it when I'm on this side of the <laughs> this side of the okay, of, of the equation. So, uh, we have with us today someone who I would leave to introduce himself because I think that's going to be him doing justice to the job of introduction. Uh, for myself, I am Gracilis. If you've never met me before, I'm coming out of CADA, and CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse. Um, for some of us who have been watching the news, who have been following the story, um, some of us know about the Johnny Depp story, and it's something that is quite passionate to our hearts here, because I know several times when I write things about abuse, I always get one or two people say, Grace, it's not just the female, it's not just um, women that suffer, men suffer, and to be honest, I have you know, not so men personally who have suffered from domestic abuse. And it seems like when women are the ones who are the perpetrators, they could be really, really, really nasty. And if you look at the story that has just come up, you know, with the Johnny Depp old issue, I can tell you that if a woman wants to be nasty, she can take it to the... <laughs> Even the devil would be afraid. So this evening, we have with us a man to discuss because we felt it would be appropriate for a man to be discussing this particular topic, and it's someone I met some time ago when I went to his own organization. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yes, put on your clapping in your house. <laughs> Let's <laughs> welcome um, Daniel. Daniel, please can you introduce yourself to our viewers tonight? Thank you. Uh, good evening. Uh, my name is Daniel, uh, Daniel Alexander Yate. Um, I'm a social worker, uh, I'm also a psychotherapist, but also I supervise people in the helping professions. Um, I'm a big believer in the uh, potential of us human beings that we are all uniquely called to bring something very unique into the world. And my sort of calling is to help people draw out what is unique about them, but also support them to transform themselves into what they can uniquely contribute to the world and make the world a better place. Um, so I'm pleased to be here um, and uh, hope that we will all sort of uh, learn from each other as uh, we have a conversation about a very sort of um, important topic, but very, very um, scarcely discussed. Because I think in general terms, domestic abuse is specific to women. And I think that's what the general population know. But a lot of men, uh, like uh, Grassley said, also suffer abuse and they're the very nasty hidden type. So it's a good thing that we all talk about it um, and sort of learn so we can all help each other to be better um, people to ourselves and uh, our friends and our families. Okay. I was just putting a reminder out to people why you're talking. And you've said two very important things here, social worker, you're a psychotherapist. So, wow, that's a gold mine for us this evening. So maybe we should start from the very basis. If we're talking about domestic abuse and the male victim, I think it's a good time to remind our viewers again about what exactly is domestic abuse. Um, um, broadly, domestic abuse is um, any form of coercive, when I say coercive, controlling 
behavior, threatening behavior um, that is um, acted upon by partners and family members and carers uh, to um, people that are sort of less strong or not necessarily in a, a position to defend themselves. I think that normally domestic abuse is thought of as just in relationships, but it's a relational problem. So it, it, it happens within families as well. It happens when somebody is in a caregiving uh, situation, giving care to another. It's a power dynamics thing. So if somebody is in a more powerful position, they're able to take advantage of the less sort of powerful person in the relationship. So for me, when I say cohesive, threatening, I'm talking about physical harm. Um, I'm talking about sexual harm. I'm talking about intimidation. I'm talking about being afraid to be yourself in a situation where you think that if I am myself, somebody will bring me down. And it's almost this um, fear of being who you're supposed to be because you think the other person might do something to you. Sometimes it's not just about doing the actions, it's about threatening it. So some people would be in relationships where they're not able to go out, not because the partner hasn't said don't go out, they're afraid of the repercussions of going out because that is in, in, intimidated into them. Sometimes it's about parents hitting their children or threatening them. It's about carers, somebody say, who is looking after an elderly person, can take advantage of them, can threaten them, can hit them, can do not very nice things to them. And it is a combination of all of those things that is sort of put together simply as domestic abuse. But I think when you drill it down, it, it reaches very far within society. And I think sometimes it, it should be a pattern because sometimes when an incident happens, it, it, it can be a domestic abuse incident, but it, it becomes domestic abuse when it's a pattern and it's consistent That's and it's been going on. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. That's something we've been saying here. You don't just have a quarrel with your husband and say it's domestic abuse. There's a pattern, there's an incident, you know, a pattern of incidents. And we say that at the bottom line of it all, we've got a power and control dynamic and someone trying to control the other, be it in any form or in any way. I know most times when we talk about domestic abuse, we always say, oh, she, oh, she, oh, she, oh, she, oh, she. Uh, can I just check with you? I know that most times we refer to the heart as the victims of domestic abuse. Is that a misconception? And if there is, how common do we actually have men being abused, especially when it comes to heterosexual relationships? Okay. Um, I, I, that's a very good question. And I think that's not spoken about enough. I think that happens, we say she a lot, and it is very easy to sort of assume that domestic abuse only happens from males to female, i.e. males are perpetrators and females are the victims. That is because mm -hmm. within the statistics and within research, there is a, um, a very skewed, the data is skewed towards women suffering like death. So um, domestic abuse homicides and people dying from domestic abuse incidents has been predominantly women dying and or um, incurring very severe injuries. However, however, men don't also report domestic abuse incidents. There is a, a series of stigma in society that doesn't allow for that reporting. But I think there's also, um, I, I, this is going to be slightly controversial, but the, the, the feminist movement has turned domestic, uh, domestic abuse into almost I don't want to say weaponized it, but it's become the research would look at the feminist 
saying the male are patriarchal and the society, the male are dominant. If you look at any sort of uh, society structures and institutions, men usually have most of the power. So it's very easy to for that sort of usage of power to control the lesser sort of females to be more visible. But mm -hmm. in most in, in practice, men suffer domestic abuse, but they don't report it as frequently as women report it. And I think that, that there is a very um, a dichotomy in research about some men are beginning to write about those things. Some research is bringing out the voices of men. And I think you opened with that uh, Johnny Depp and Bahad situation where it, it, for six years, you know, everybody who knew about their marriage would automatically assume that Johnny Depp was the perpetrator of domestic abuse. That mm -hmm. issue was turned on its head when Johnny Depp decided to stand up and fight through a defamation trial where information then, when you become an objective observer of that trial, you realize that actually he was more of a victim than mm -hmm. a behavior. But that the way she spun it made, it made him look like the victim and um, made him look like the abuser or the aggressor. And I don't think it's helpful because sometimes it loses their conversation and it, it makes it, it becomes, okay, so um, those that want to continue with that sort of, um, and I think the Me Too movement is it's a big backlash. When I've read articles about Johnny Depp, it's, it's split between those that says actually men are always abusive and misogynistic and then it's saying, actually, women should not be believed. And I, think, I don't think that's helpful at all, because that makes it difficult for proper conversations to be had and for support to be given to those that need it. Because those that are victims of DV do not have a voice. They are afraid to speak, both men and women, particularly mm -hmm. men, yes. do not have the voice to speak. So it doesn't help when there is conversations that says, oh, actually, I will not be believed because nobody will believe me. Or don't believe any person, that doesn't help at all. So I think hopefully your show and other people's programs will bring a more sort of rounded, more balanced um, um, conversations to that, to that situation. Yes, uh, I, I do agree with what you've said because um, even research, like you said, um, tells us that we've got um, some research calls the figures as one in six and some others say it's one in seven men. And then when it comes to the female, they say one in three, um, women would have in their lifetime the, you know, have undergone some form of domestic abuse. And then some other figures say in every four women, one of them is going through domestic abuse. So um, I think there's something you've said also about the fact that it, it's not that it's not as common for the men, but it's um, when it comes to the men, there are several other factors that comes to saying, finding their voice actually to say this is what has been happening. I wonder for Johnny Depp, what made him in all these years to keep quiet, to let everybody believe the other narrative. And then finally he says, no, I need to change. This is not the right narrative. Thank you. Welcome, Elizabeth, for joining us. You know, he, he decided to say this is not the right narrative. And I think that for that um, act alone, you know, it's something that has, I believe, given a voice to some other men also. Because sometimes you, you, you most likely want to believe the woman. But if you've had some encounters with some women, <laughs> when their husbands come and say, this woman is a, it's, this woman has been, you know, you know for sure that, yes, because one of the things I've discovered is if you are not pleasant, it's just a matter of time to show. So a lady might be nice 
to her husband. So and that's the reason why we need to watch out the relationships we have. Watch how they treat other people that they don't they don't need apparently. Watch how they treat them because if somebody you're dating someone and she treats the rest girls around her nastily, let me tell you, I said this is like there's no this is like sure prophecy. It's just a matter of time. When she gets you, she's in your house, she's going to do the same thing. So don't think you're special or, or there's something. No, 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 no. That person, once the whole marriage, the funeral, and all of the relationship thing wears up, you begin to see that person the way you're seeing her treat others. So I begin to wonder, you know, with the Johnny Depp situation, him coming out, are there some peculiarities? What is it about when men are being abused that makes it difficult? Is it for them to speak? What is it that, is it that makes it difficult for us to actually get the men to speak? I know they say, oh, men does people. What are the peculiarities when it comes to a man being the victim of domestic abuse? Brilliant question. I think for, for men uh, that suffer DV, usually it isn't a, a violent form. It is in belittling. It is very subtle and it can be very tedious. But also it, 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 it's about shame and it's about that stereotypical expectation that I should be able to um, look after myself and defend myself. And if I'm not, I'm ashamed to acknowledge that I'm, I'm being um, abused or being belittled. But at the same time, the, the, the expectation that a man is bigger than a woman and therefore, how can that be true? Because uh, even, even in, the, in the context of interrelationships, inter, inter what the woman is good at, and, and, and that is um, inherent in, in their physiology, is being sharp-witted and being able to use their voice. And what men don't do very well at is being able to speak and be angry at the same time. So if, mm. if, if most men walk away or hit out, whereas a woman mm. can express themselves and say all the nasty things, and therefore, if, I, if, a, woman, if, a, if a man decides that actually I'm, I, I don't think this is real, I don't believe I'm being abused, it's almost a disbelief because it isn't clear in their minds. And like we're talking about Johnny Depp, it took six years. And the only reason he went out to attempt to fight for his name was because of um, what was written in the, in the, in the op-ed, which says that he had perpetrated sexual violence which made him lose a lot of jobs and made his people sort of start looking at him differently. And I think The Sun published an article that he was a white beater and bringing out all these awful allegations that hadn't been tested was the last straw. Mm. But let's not forget, Johnny Depp has means and he has, he has like a bit of power. Not all men will have that. And there are men that have suffered a significant amount of shame, humiliation, lost their jobs, Simply because of a mere allegation, just that the woman said A, B, C, D happened. They can't go out to say what had happened because usually they were being threatened. They were being lied on. They were being told, like the Depp was told, how dare you go and say this? Go and tell this to the jury. Go and tell this to the judge. And do you think they will believe you? And I think it's a situation that society has created that needs to be gradually push back. I think believe everybody, but ask for evidence and interrogate the evidence. And I think, again, you're asking for peculiarities, i.e. The, the subtleties between how women experience domestic violence and how men experience it. Some men, it's almost insidious. It's, it's like the frog that is being boiled in hot water that doesn't realize it. Sometimes it takes a long time for them to realize, actually, 
I was being minimized. I was, my confidence was being taken from me. I didn't know this was happening. And therefore, it's always in hindsight. It's always retrospective. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you said, you know, because it, it seems both sides, men do not actually experience very, I think very few men, because I do have a friend whose wife used to hit back, you know, whose wife um, hits him. Uh, welcome, Mrs. Lady. Uh, the wife hits him, um, he's got marks on his body, but because he's a gentleman and doesn't want to touch the woman. So very rarely sometimes, if, I mean, he'd slap, but like you've just said, um, the woman has the ability to talk. And sometimes we can't talk and we don't even have to hit. We could use our words to pull down the whole man, as in pull him to the very, very, very... <laughs> <laughs> to the, make him feel little, make him feel um, minimized. And, and, and sometimes, I'm not sure if sometimes some people don't understand the extent of those words. You know, we, we've talked about it here before, emotional abuse, we've talked about verbal abuse, how terrible it is to continuously pull down someone, make them feel less than themselves. Um, I, I was talking to my brother the other day, and we were discussing something. I was like, "Oh, we need to give this person money. He has to hold money in his hand. You know, when a man doesn't have money, he's not, you know, all together." And then sometimes a woman doesn't help that situation. And, and and I think that when it comes to men, like you said, you know, there's this verbal abuse, physical, maybe sexual. Hmm. Well, it could be that the woman is withholding. You know, and making him begin to beg for what should rightfully, quote and unquote, be his. And then, you know, using it to, as it were to manipulate him to take some certain decisions. And, and then, and I think that also there's a challenge of ego. There's a challenge of I'm supposed to be the man in the house. I'm supposed to be the one controlling everything. How do I go and start telling somebody else now that um, everything is not well in my home? Or and then you, I think that's what makes some men, in particular, not come home every time on time. They just find them sitting down somewhere else till it's quite late because they don't just want that nagging and trouble. Someone said recently about. A man whose wife was really, really terrible. She just kept on and on and on. And he said one day he she didn't know he was moving his things out little by little. But one day <laughs> he just said to her, I'm going to throw the bin, wheel the bin out. And he wheeled the bin out. It's almost said seven to ten years now. He's never returned because he was just like, I can't continue like that. And that brings me to, you know, if a Christian man, you know, begins to, I think we've talked about the forms of domestic abuse. I believe, I believe you've answered that question. The forms of domestic abuse that male victims commonly face, I think is probably like the verbal, or do you have any other thing to contribute to that question? It could be, it could be minimization as well. So, um, and it could be um, shaming, the man in front of people that they respect. Now, I think something that society has changed quite a bit because I think um, that the power of men had always been economics, i.e. the man was earning more money, the woman was staying at home looking after the children. That has changed with modern society with some women actually being the, 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 the breadwinners of the family. So with that has come a slight change in the roles, the gendered, the traditional gender roles, where a man is now earning a lot less, so expected to do become a bit more domiciled and look after children, cook, do some of the, le the, the, the more sort of um, previously expected gender roles of a woman. Now, with that in mind, there's also the, the, the financial abuse, 
whereby um, things are withheld, that the support that a man needs. So a man will say, uh, I wouldn't give you money or I'll take your money from you. Or sometimes things are destroyed. Uh, a man is thrown out of his house because he's not complied with the expectations of, of the woman. Uh, so that the forms, I think physical, can there is physical, but usually it is slightly less than the other forms of emotional uh, um, 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 intimidation, uh, humiliation, all the, all the coercive controlling stuff, i.e. if you don't do X, Y, Z, I would do this to you, which is coercive controlling behavior. Uh, so there, there is that as well. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. Okay, that's that. I just want to say another one there too. I say uh, a lady could also be using spiritual abuse, also, you know, on her husband using the scriptures, you know, to to pull him down, to power control him, and all of that. Uh, and then I, I begin to wonder, you know, if um, what what happens to a Christian man who has this challenge of domestic abuse? How do you think it affects a man? General, because we would like to look at this thing from a man's point of view. How does domestic abuse affect a Christian man? What, what are his challenges? How, how does he, what do you think? I mean, you're the man here. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think first and foremost, uh, I think I'm not, I don't know if I've quoted the scripture correctly, but there's a, a scripture that says uh, that the woman is a weaker vessel uh, and the man is supposed to sort of love his wife. And I, I, sometimes that, becomes difficult because if the woman is a weaker vessel how do i then not be how how is she the one that's making me feel less and for a christian man indoctrinated in scripture you you, you are supposed to show uh, a degree of uh, honor and all of those things and i think that becomes one of the reasons why we don't men don't report within in christ in in, in in the church i mean you probably know more than me but in the church what I find is that there is the, there isn't, it isn't highlighted. There isn't as, um, the men are not given the refuge and the, and, the, and the space to be able to express themselves because either you're told to go and pray about it or you're told to check yourself because you could be the problem. How come your wife is doing X, Y, Z to you? What have you done? What, what's the devil using you to do? And like you said, from a, a, a scripture <laughs> They could be using the scriptures. You see, because because um, when you look at when you look at the 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 the, the church, that that there is a very a patriarchal system within the church where yeah. women support the woman is the neck and the man is the head. But what we don't realize is the head the neck turns the head. So you could be the head and you could be the ceremonial head of a family, but you more, you may not have any power. <laughs> And without that comes the inability to have the support that's required. So, so, so in some ways, when even when you read scripture where Jesus fed, um, uh, fed 5,000 people, it, it demarcates, it delineates fed 5,000 people and then talked about women and children, which brings into question the expectation of men to be the, people, the ones that look after, the ones that support, the ones that stands in the gap. When you look at Hebrewnic, um, the, 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 uh, when you look at the Israelites in, in Egypt and in the wilderness, the men were called out as the ones that go to war, the ones that... So, and I think that aspects of that expectation of a man to be the, the, the visible head of the family, the, the stronger vessel, the, the, the one with the ability to endure 
goes against supporting men because the expectation is that you endure and you correct. But if you don't have the power to correct, how do you do that? How do you go back to your pastor to say, I don't even have a say in the house? How, do you, how does that happen? And by the time, and a lot of men suffer illnesses, hypertension, high blood pressure, all of these cardiovascular diseases because they, they, they're quietened and they're minimized and they're not able to express themselves. So for me, the church has a big role to play to level the playing field whereby there is an ability for both men and women to speak about their issues. I don't know what happens in counseling um, in, in sort of when people are being prepared to get married. It is, it, it, I don't know, I think there's the, the, the structures and the manner in which those, uh, when people are getting ready to become relational, it needs to change a little bit. It needs to recognize that, that the shift in how society uh, expects relationships to be because women are becoming econ economically powerful but also are becoming intellectually uh, savvy, but also are becoming equals in relationships. The expectation that a man stands up and, and directs the wife, and that, that's not happening anymore. And I think a church should be able to do a bit of conversation, an open conversation, challenge ourselves, challenge ourselves a little bit to be able to speak to those issues. But for men in church, what they really need to do is to speak out, find your pastor, find your uh, male group leader, somebody that you trust to go and speak about the situation. And also, if possible, if you're, if you're suffering from any form of domestic violence, the first thing you do is to separate yourself because your, your health is important, your well-being is important, your safety is important. And I, I am thinking about children in this scenario because what, what happens within families where there is domestic violence, whether there is a man perpetrating it, or a woman perpetrating it, is that children become, get caught in a crossfire on so many levels. On a physical level, they can get injured, but on an emotional level, they can experience a lot of pain, emotional pain that can affect psychological um, 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 achievement, but also behaviors are modeled for them. So if mommy, daddy shouts out mommy, well, at the, at the moment we're talking about men, if daddy is talked down every day and mommy is shouting at daddy and we don't see mommy respecting daddy, what the child then does, what the child then does is to start disrespecting daddy. And then that behavior extends outside of, out of, into the, uh, into society. And then we begin to not raise our children in the way they should be raised. Our children start to suffer the pain of not being actually raised properly but also can't have the right attitude to, be, to grow up in the way they should grow. Um, so yeah, men should speak, go and speak, leave the house and tell your wife, unless something changes, tell your partner, unless something changes, I'm not coming back. Be strong, but have an ally, speak to somebody, let people support you. Okay, thank you so much. The thing is, you've already even started going into the next question I wanted to ask. And I think uh, Mrs. Lidi is actually also asking that same question. She says, um, what practical advice can you give to a man going through domestic abuse that is not physical? What can they do to handle the in situation when it starts and so that it does not uh, escalate? Where the the man does not want to involve the third party well i, I would say something briefly before i go one of the things um, 
we've said over and over again in this program is that domestic abuse always almost escalates and there needs to be some form of intervention. This is not something you're going to be able to do sometimes on your own. Sometimes you, you, would, you would almost always need a third party. So depending on what this third party is, if you want this third party to be the pastor as a Christian, if you want this third party to be a counselor, you know, someone neutral, domestic abuse needs intervention. And uh, I think um, Daniel had already started answering the question, saying that you might have to separate to yourself. You might, you have to speak up. And I'll just need him to like tell us what are some of the, what, what can we do? I said, I'm listening now and uh, maybe Miss Lily is listening to me and she's thinking of a man that she knows who is going through a domestic abuse situation. You know, what, what are the things that, what, what can we do for them? And are there charities that are tailored towards men? Because you know, when you want to pick up the phone to speak to someone, you want to speak to someone who understands, you know, where you are coming from. So if you can help us, then I know you've already started actually saying, saying, saying some of these things. If you can help us with what some of the practical things someone um, facing domestic abuse what they should do what steps should they take and and then also if you could also look at I don't know what you want to do first what we on the other end what could a friend do what could a sister do we see domestic abuse occurring with a, a male partner thank you um, I, I'll start with um, the, 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 the sort of and I, I can sort of speak to not wanting to it to escalate and i suppose that is the trap isn't it and i, I like what you said about <laughs> domestic abuse always always escalate the starting point of any disharmony in relationship is conflict so when the conflict comes and you start to disagree because every relationship before you get together you're your whole person the other person is a whole person you come together you have to have some kind of forming which is conflict it's quite conflicting because you have to find a common ground and in, in, in finding a common ground there is a degree of ups and downs that's where communication comes in the ability to communicate your needs but also communicate your expectations to each other so that you you, you show respect and you show the trust that we're building something together here and we're going to find ourselves i.e you, you know what i like you know what i don't like you know where i can grow i can help you grow and we can support each other that would be great if people can do that but those that cannot do that, we miss their first opportunity for them to help themselves. So then you're, you're going into the second tier of how do it, it's gone up, it's escalated, there's been uh, a minimization, I felt like I've been hit or something has gone on. We're not talking to each other, we are being mean to each other. The next step is to look for somebody who is trusting, i.e., and for me, I'm a counselor, I'm a psychotherapist, so counseling I think is a wonderful place for couples to go and have the capacity to see themselves through another another person's eyes i.e because sometimes when you're in your head everything feels right you feel very justified in what you're doing because mm -hmm. there could be something that's triggering the behavior that is almost internal or you're not aware of therefore going into counseling and not necessarily christian counseling but couples counseling or counseling by yourself to hear yourself to find that sense of clarity about why that is happening what is it what impact is it happening on me because sometimes when people feel threatened there is a, a, an expectation to lash out or to retreat and, and for somebody who is probably perpetuating domestic abuse say a woman to a man maybe the man does something that they are not aware of that is triggering a feeling of fear a, a sort of a traumatic response that would then make them lash out or say something 
in, in defense. We don't know that. So it is in there finding counseling or finding that other voice or some a voice that has some expertise to be able to break things down and open things that are not in your awareness into your awareness, bring them into your awareness so you know and understand. If that does not work and there is injuries and people are hurting, then the next thing is for me is to separate, step away from the situation, safeguard yourself first, move out into somewhere that you, you will feel safe because A, your life is more important and B, without you can't solve a problem within the context of the problem happening so you have to step away step away and then start having conversations and find the support and this is where the practical support comes in there are several charities that will work with men there are so many charities a can has an advocacy service can has a counseling service um, there's also a charity called equation dv they only work with men uh, there is men's aid there is women's aid who would take referrals from men. Uh, there is Mankind, uh, who are a charity that will work with men suffering from DV, any form of DV. Um, and I think even when you go to your Citizens Advisory Bureau, there is charity, they would signpost you to any uh, sort of uh, men's charity in your area. Now, the one thing people don't realize is if you ring Samaritans, if you ring Samaritans, Samaritans would listen to you if you don't want somebody you know to hear what you're to, to, to know about the issues. Samaritans is 24 seven, there are people available that can just hear you talk. And then mm -hmm. I don't know if they give advice, sometimes they don't, but if you're saying to them you're suffering from DV, they will be able to refer you on. Go to your GP, your GPs have training in, in recognizing emotional abuse, recognizing intimidation and helping discreetly. So your GP could be a place to go. There are support out there. And as far as you want to have the support, there are so many places that you can, I mean, everybody has a smartphone these days. So please put in your smartphone, where can I get support as a man suffering from DV? There'll be a, a list of, a plethora of places you can go, apart from the things I've talked about. But if you don't want to go and report or go, go to Samaritans, speak to somebody, um, Ring Khan, there's a counseling service, there's a lot of counselors there who will be able to hear you out. They also have an advocacy service. And I suppose your, your, your charity would be able to help men as well. So discreetly, I'm sure people can come to you to have the support. Thank you. I think I've heard something there, um, Miss Lee, the has said, yes, she said that um, apologies, abuse is often systemic. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. I like what um, was said about what is being discussed in marriage counseling, but what can be done to recognize it as its inception. And that's why we do these programs. Um, on this program, if you go down to our IGTV, we've talked a lot about the different types of abuse, financial, physical. We've talked about, um, we've actually talked about gaslighting, which is a very interesting form of abuse. We've talked about several, several forms of abuse. And one of the first things we say is when it comes to abuse, the first thing you need to do is to recognize this is abuse and it is happening. Because if you don't recognize it, if you don't admit this is what is happening, if you're in a state of denial, guess what's going to happen? It's going to continue. So, and that's why we're doing this program. We're trying to raise awareness, trying to get people to be able to recognize this is what is happening to them. And that's one of the things that people say when they listen to us is, oh, I finally was able to put a name to what I was experiencing. This thing that this person has been doing to me, that I've been thinking, am I crazy? I said, this is, my reality is beginning to change. But by the time people began to listen to us, listen to the things we say, the topics we bring, 
you know, and the, the edge with which we, we share our knowledge and what we know, people begin to recognize this thing that's been happening is not in their head. It's actually, it's actually a name for it, and then you can take action. And that's one of the things we've always said here. We've always emphasized the need to take action, the need, as it were, to seek help, not to remain. There's, there are lots and lots of help around, so don't remain in silence. I'm sure that um, if you want to speak to Daniel, I'm sure that he's going to be able to speak to you. You can speak to us, and we can ask him if you're a man, and you think, oh, I want to speak to a man that understands. We can always nudge you, you know, in the right direction. He's here also to, he's a psychotherapist, he's also a social worker to be able to help. Because sometimes we, we suffer in silence because we don't know the help that is out there. And just like what we said in the beginning, domestic abuse does affect men. And there's a need for us to believe, you know, believe people. That's one of the first things you say. If someone comes to you with a disclosure of domestic abuse, first thing you should say to them is, thank you for telling me. I believe you, these things should never have happened. It's not a time to start saying, what did you do? Hey, the devil and all of that. No, 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 no. It's not a time to start asking what they did because at the end of the day, that's victim blaming. Saying that he must have done something that made his wife do something. No, that's victim blaming. Somebody comes to me, assure them, tell them that you believe them because sometimes an abuser has actually made the person think that what they're, what they're experiencing is not real. It's part of all the tactics that an abuser could use on someone. So if someone discloses domestic abuse to you, remember, remember always to say that you believe them, appreciate them for sharing it is, and then don't take over, get them, find out from them what they want to do. I've had friends who were going through domestic abuse as a male friends, and they wanted to stay in the marriage. They're like, no, my children, I will not see my children. And I knew from past experience that this is not going to work. You, 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 you're, you're not just seeing the children, you're, just like what Daniel has said, you are hurting these children because you're showing them a pattern of life that should not be. This is not how a woman should talk to a man. And as long as these children continue seeing things like that, they will start to normalize it. And when a man is treating them that way tomorrow, they will think it's the right thing. And then after some time, they themselves eventually had to leave. So just make sure you are there for them. Don't take over. Just make sure you are there for them in case they, in case they need to run to your house on a safety night, as it were. Just make sure you are there for them to reassure them. Know that, listen, I'm not, whatever decision you take, I would support you, you know, but make sure you're not in danger. And we say the only times where one breaks confidentiality, if, if a child's life is in danger, then we should say something. Uh, we, we, we've gone ahead of time and we, we like to keep it short and brief. We, we want people to be able to like just quickly listen on the go and then come back again next because next week we're going to be here Again, we I think next week what we're going to do is treat the other part of our topic which we were treating before this came up. We're looking at domestic abuse and pornography. And next week we're going to be looking at what do you do when you have a disclosure of pornography? What do you do if your child has been exposed to pornography? What do you do if your spouse you know comes and says, I just want to confess I'm watching pornography? What exactly do you do? Or how do you actually approach a spouse who is into pornography and you have discovered and they're trying to act funny about it? Those are the things we're going to be listening and checking out next week. But for this week, we want to say a very big thank you again to Daniel for agreeing to do this at the shortest. This is like this is the shortest notice I've given anybody, shortest, mm -hmm. I confess. The shortest notice I've given anybody, and I was I was extremely pleased to, to hear him say he will come. So Daniel, we're very, very grateful. I think Daniel, are you still with Khan? Yes, I, I do some counseling for them. Um I volunteer to do I do some counseling. I think um just before okay. we go, I think you, you you made a very, very good point. 
uh, about, and there's a, a good point in the, in, the, in the chat about identifying what isn't right. I think every relationship, mm -hmm. relationship is supposed to edify you and make you draw out the betterment in you, make you a better yeah. version of yourself. So if you're in a relationship and you're, being, you're becoming less than who you believe yourself to be, that for me is a red flag. If you're in a relationship and you don't feel safe, it's about psychological safety. It's about feeling safe enough to be the best version of yourself. So those are the things you look for. And, and trust your gut instincts. Sometimes we don't yes. give our gut feelings enough credit. When you have a gut feeling, trust that above society's expectations and find an ally, find somebody who believes you, find somebody you can reflect things to so they can take it out of your head and put it out and let it make sense through somebody's mind. And, and please, it, it's important to trust yourself, one, and two, to believe that you're worth a lot more than being minimized and being depreciated because you've got so much to give out into the world. And if you stay in a place where you're being made less, and you're being minimized, you won't fulfill your destiny and your potential in life. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so, so much. So thank you, viewers. I just want us to know that um, right now, what we're also doing is putting Kada Matters. In case you want to listen on the go, we are now, we now do have a podcast, which is this, we broadcasted just in the audio form. So you can actually check that on. We are now on Apple Podcasts. If you just type Kada Matters, you see us. We are on Spotify, we are on Anchor, we are on Google Podcasts, and we are also on, um, there's one I'm thinking of that we are on, I've not said, have I said Apple? Yes, we are on Apple. Oh, yes, for those in Nigeria, we are in Odd App, which is the MTN podcast. So you can you can see us there and you can just you know if you want to use less bandwidth you can listen on the go till we come your way again remember um, god hates abuse there's no excuse for abuse and we as a church which is you and i we say no to domestic abuse bye for now and see you next time next week thursday 8 p 30 p.m here thank you so much for those we hope you enjoyed and learned from today's session till we come your way again remember god hates abuse there is no excuse for abuse. The church, which is you and I, say no to domestic abuse.